What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Monday, October 12th. We're already like halfway through October. I know, not quite, but it feels like October's already freaking flying by. And that was a wild weekend of football. Obviously devastating news there for Dak Prescott. A couple players emerging. A lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. So I got it for you. I got all the games in hand, all the stats we need to know, all the information to set us up for this week and going forward. Of course, we still have two games. <laughs> still have two games coming up. Uh, but the Los Angeles Chargers and New Orleans Saints are on for tonight. And as of now, nothing has changed in Tennessee, although there was a little scare over the weekend. Looks like we're good to go. So a uh, Tuesday football game. Uh, but uh, before I dive into all the information from Sunday's contest. Got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. In the world. Because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps. And you don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knight Fight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyNightFight.com, you can be pretty certain. You know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Uh, So there you go. It's cool. It's definitely fun. Go play and use the promo code RANT. So I'm going to go game by game here. And so any of the big news I'll get to uh, with each of the games uh, so I'm not going to talk about Dak right now. I will, I'll talk about Dak when we get to that game. I want to start with Carolina and Atlanta. And in this one, well, it kind of went as I expected it to go. I did end up taking Carolina to win this thing outright. And that's exactly what they did. Of course, the big news in this game, though, is that the Dan Quinn era, the Thomas Dimitrov era, for that matter, is officially over in Atlanta. Both the GM and head coach were fired. Not a surprising move. And uh, Raheem Morris will now take over as the interim head coach. And they've, you know, they have another guy with head coaching experience there too, in Dirk Cutter. But it'll be Morris uh, for the interim basis. That's a pretty desirable job, ultimately, when you think about it. And so is the Houston job. But, well, for now, I'm not giving up on this team. And I'm definitely not giving up on Matt Ryan. I know a lot of people want to give up on him. Not the best numbers yesterday. But once we get Julio back in there, Calvin Ridley obviously is in the midst of a breakout year. You know, he goes 8 for 136 in this game. Uh, he didn't score, but he still put up top 10 PPR numbers, so not really much we can complain about. Todd Gurley goes 14 for 121 on the ground in a touchdown. This is more of a, yeah, the Panthers are that bad against the run than it is Todd Gurley surging. Also, keep in mind, Todd Gurley, 36 snaps. Brian Hill, 20 snaps. I found that one interesting. It could be nothing. It could be nothing, but it's definitely something we want to at least keep an eye on. 
Uh, on the other side of this one, don't get too excited about Teddy Bridgewater. This is kind of the same thing of like like I just said with Todd Gurley. Yes, Teddy had a good game. Did you expect anything else? It was against Atlanta. <laughs> like their pass defense stinks. And another week where he's a low ADOC guy, six point nine average depth of target. Uh, air yards lower than passing yards, 313 passing yards, 254 air yards. So Teddy will have decent games in the right matchup. The team is trending in the right direction, but we're not using Teddy very often. Robbie Anderson, yet again, clearly out-targeting DJ Moore. I, I had said, now, DJ Moore had a decent enough game for fantasy. They were both top 20 plays, but it flipped. It officially flipped. And I'm going to have Anderson ahead of Moore going forward. If you have Anderson, nicely done. Because <laughs> he was good value this year. Crazy good value. And they love him. They love him. They absolutely love him. So, And it's working. Eight for 112 in this one. I mean, just a monster game. Speaking of monster games, Mike Davis yet again with another huge performance, especially as a receiver. Nine for 60 and a touchdown. He could have just done that. And he adds 89 on the ground. This is definitely the system. I am so surprised they're using him as a true three-down guy, but that's exactly what we got. This isn't quite uh, Chris or, or uh, Le'Veon Bell to D'Angelo Williams a few years ago, but it's not that far off from that. I was wrong in terms of usage. I really just did not see him being used this way. So there you go, man. But that Reynolds do back at Blockbuster Video here pretty soon because McCaffrey could be back as early as this week. Uh, moving on to our next contest, which was a surprising one, Vegas and Kansas City. Man, some games go exactly as you expect them to go, like the last game. Uh, for the most part, exactly as you expect them to go. Some games do not. This was one of them. We just Nobody saw this coming. Uh, well, maybe some people will claim they saw it coming. Raiders fans will. But really, generally speaking, did we see this coming? No. I'm not going to get too excited about Derek Carr, another quarterback who ADOT relatively low at 7.8, air yards low at 242, passing yards 347, so that's not sustainable. But, you know, hey, he at least is on the two-quarterback radar, so there is that. Uh, Josh Jacobs has the two rushing scores, so absolutely loved that. Wasn't the most effective on the ground, but who cares when he's going to score touchdowns like that? And then, you know, the way that, Darren Waller's use, he's a stud. But Henry Ruggs, I think, is, is the guy who's going to draw a lot of attention here. 118 in a score, but it was only on two catches. <laughs> so just keep that one in mind. That's not sustainable production right there. Uh, on the other side, I thought this was going to be a monster game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It wasn't a monster game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But he did have eight targets, You know, so it could have been a bigger day. There was a touchdown that was called back by an offensive pass interference that wasn't Edwards Hilaire. And so his touchdown was called back there. Could have been a bigger day for Tyreek Hill. Had a touchdown that was uh, called back as well. All in all, though, Mahomes, before tonight, before tomorrow's games, he's the number one fantasy quarterback. So I don't think we should be complaining too much there. Um, moving on to Arizona and the Jets. Arizona just handling their business in this one. And Kyler Murray, don't look now, but he's the number one fantasy quarterback. Speaking of another one where I was wrong, and I'll admit, my apprehension with Kyler Murray was I didn't want to put him ahead of proven guys. And when you think about it, I mean, 
I don't think I was that far off. I didn't want to rank him ahead of Dak. We'll talk about that later, but he was having a historic season. I didn't want to rank him ahead of Russell Wilson, who's having a historic season. And then I was really reluctant to to rank him ahead of Watson, and Watson finally rebounds this week. But hey, it was splitting hairs. They still had him as a top six guy. And if you drafted him early, well, you're in a good spot because he is the number one fantasy quarterback so far through the first five weeks. That is without the Monday and Tuesday games. Third this week in fantasy scoring, continuing to add points with his legs. 380 passing yards is nice as well. D Hop gets back into the swing of things. A buck 31 on six catches and a score, of course. But of course, I think a lot of people focusing on the backfield. Kenyon Drake, yet again, the clear lead back. 50 snaps for him, 34 for Chase Edmonds. But here's where the, the distribution really separates itself. 18 carries for Drake, three for Edmonds. Of course, he scores on one of those three, but Drake scored as well. Drake has four red zone carries, two goal line carries, scoring on one of those goal line carries. Didn't do anything in the passing game. That's the problem. and it, that, look, That's really where the division is happening because Chase Edmonds has six targets in this one, catches five for 56. Drake has one car- target, catches it for two yards. So Edmonds looks like the better fantasy option. I don't think that I, – I think that the fantasy numbers skew it, and I don't really buy it based on what we saw here. So let the, the, the flipping didn't happen just yet in this backfield. Even though Edmonds is a top 10 fantasy back this week and Drake is currently ranked at 20, I don't think it flipped just yet. It could. It could. And I obviously love Chase Edmonds, but we're not there yet. On the other side, Lev Bell got on the field, played 46 to 69 snaps. Nice. 14 touches. Frank Gore had nine touches, so we're not quite at the uh, Le'Veon Bell dominating the backfield phase if if we ever get to that point. And just a note, Jeff Smith, 11 targets. I mean, they love Jeff Smith. Only caught three of them, but 11 targets. Let's move on to Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Hey, on the Philly side, we actually, Brad Evans and I had somebody ask us if they if they were crazy to bench Miles Sanders this week. I really hope they didn't do that. But I will say this yet again. If you ever have to start a tweet with, is it crazy or am I crazy or is it insane or am I insane the answer is yes. <laughs> you are. It is. Don't do it. Even in a bad matchup here, Miles Sanders goes off. This defense was, through the first three weeks of the season, the best defense against the run in the league. Miles Sanders goes off. You know, I used to say it was my little cliche week 14 tweet where I'd go, the fantasy football playoffs is no time to get cute. Start your studs. Just do it every freaking week. Miles Sanders, even though I downgraded him to rankings, I downgraded him to just RB2 territory because of the matchup. He was still a starter. Start him every week. 11 for 80 and 2. Has three goal line carries. Catches an additional two balls for 19. So chips in a couple more points there for PPR. Uh, Otherwise, this was the Travis Fulgham show. Good Lord, this dude came out of left field. Remember him from a couple years ago. In uh, deep dynasty circles, we know him for sure. But ten on thirteen for a buck fifty-two and a score and one hundred thirty-nine air yards. What the heck? We'll talk about Travis Fulgham tomorrow. One of the weirdest stats of the week for me. Check this out. John Hightower had two catches for eighteen yards. Right? He had six targets. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to use him. Right? Doesn't doesn't matter. 
His six targets traveled 210 air yards. John Hightower has the most air yards of the week. Now, we knew he's a downfield threat. That's what he was at Boise State. But, man, that's insane. That's a 35-yard A dot. <laughs> like, that's insane. I don't know. I don't know if it means anything. It's just the weirdest stat of the week. And, yes, I already said to drop Carson Wentz, so just drop him. But this game wasn't really Travis Fulgham's coming out party, was it? He was largely overshadowed on the other side of the field by Notre Dame product. Get excited, Golden Domers. Chase Claypool. 7 on 11 for 110 and 3. That alone is awesome. Oh, but yeah, he'll, he'll add a rushing touchdown too. 3 for 6 as a runner. Scores. Uh, gets in the zone there. Has 42.6 PPR points. Yeah, he's the number one for for now. Maybe he stays the number one. You, yeah, we're going to talk about him tomorrow. Now, Deontay Johnson left the game after playing just six snaps with a back injury, so that certainly opened the door here for Claypool. But Claypool came storming through, and I don't, I don't think, you know, it's going to be hard for them to keep him off the field at this point. You know, and that's not ahead of Deontay Johnson. I think that's ahead of James Washington. That's kind of where we are. James Conner gets in the zone. Has two goal line carries, scores on one of them. So, solid day for him. It's top 20. I mean, what do you expect? Especially in a game where one player solely dominates the game, what do you expect, right? But, uh, yeah, the big one here, Chase Claypool. Moving on to the Rams and Washington. On the Rams side, Jared Goff's another slight warning here because he does have a big day, right? 309-2. and two. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but only 188 air yards, 6.3 A dot. So his receiver's doing a lot of work after catch. That's not always sustainable. Now, granted, when you have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, it definitely helps. Uh, but yeah, I, I just be be careful here. That's all. Just be careful. Bob Woods had the longer touchdown in this one. Uh, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. How about that? And I'll talk about the backfield in a minute. But 56 snaps for Higby, 30 for Everett. Everett has four targets. Higby has two. Everett has 90 yards on four catches. Higby has 12 yards on two catches. So, yeah, that's that's frustrating, I know. Uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow because Gerald Everett's going to have to be in the waiver wire column and podcast. But the backfield is a complete cluster you-know-what. Here is the snap breakdown. Daryl Henderson, 29. Malcolm Brown, 26. Cam Akers, 13. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Brown isn't the lead back anymore. Daryl Henderson is for now, but you know what? I don't think this even sticks because this is, I mean, this is like bang your head against the wall. Like you would think that Bill Belichick was coaching the Rams right now. Daryl Henderson didn't look like the best running back on the field. The best running back on the field for the Rams was Cam Akers. He goes nine for 61, eight for 30 for Malcolm Brown, 15 for 38. For Daryl Henderson, of course, he gets the touchdown. He gets a touchdown as a receiver, so he has the big fantasy day. But I'm telling you, Cam Akers, oh, November is in sight, and that's when running backs like Cam Akers start to emerge. Hold all three of these guys. I don't know if we can trust any of them as more than the flex, but hold all three of these guys. Uh, Moving over to Washington, not much to be said. I mean, it was really awesome to see Alex Smith on the field uh, I always get worried when quarterbacks scramble, and Kyle Allen showed us exactly why that is. But really, the big thing, 16 touches for Antonio Gibson, 7 for J.D. McKissick. He played a lot, but but really, Gibson is their guy. Now, who's their quarterback going forward? 
Dwayne Haskins didn't even dress in this thing. So that was a quick falling out right there for Dwayne Haskins. Anyway, moving on to Cincinnati and Baltimore. This was just a train wreck for the Bengals. A.J. Green getting hurt here. That was only a matter of time. Hamstring injury for him. The one bright spot, if there is a bright spot, 31 touches for Joe Mixon. He's going to touch the ball a lot. So there's that. Uh, Lamar just... I don't even think he needs to put up the numbers. I have seen some people like saying, is he hiding being hurt? I don't know. But I do know he threw the ball to the end zone five times. Four of them went to Marquise Brown. Those both are big numbers. Five end zone throws for a quarterback in a game is a big number. I'd love to see them average three a game. Three a game is enormous. So five in any game is, is a big time number. Four for any receiver. I'd like to see receivers average one a game. So four in any game is big. Uh, Marquise Brown only had one previous to this week on the season. Moving on to Jacksonville and Houston. And man, I, I haven't seen anything about Stephen Hauschka being cut just yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happens while I'm recording this podcast. Typically, if you miss that many field goals, that is just a pathway out of town uh, for a kicker. So we'll see, but that completely deflated this team. You could see it. They had no trust in the kicker whatsoever. And there was a point where the game could have been 13-13. You know, it could have been a tie game, could have been rolling, and that just deflated them. So a tough day for them. James Robinson, disappointing day, but he did have 18 touches. So again, I'll try and find at least the good things that aren't necessarily just glaring when you look at the fantasy points scored. Jags wide receiver targets was interesting. LaVisca Chenault leads the team with eight, so he was able to play through that hamstring injury, which seems like it's a very mild hamstring, or it was a very mild hamstring injury. Keelan Cole with six. DJ Chark, four. Colin Johnson, the rookie, four. And then Chris Connolly, two. So DJ Chark's usage is not optimal there. Uh, Last week on the podcast, I said, you know, this is what we sign up for with Brandon Cooks, right? One week he could have a goose egg, the next week he could blow up. Well, yep, that's exactly what freaking happened. He blew the F up. Brandon Cooks, 12 targets, 8 catches, a buck 61 and 1. <laughs> this is what we signed up for. Uh, yeah, there you go. A uh, good game for Deshaun Watson, trending in the right direction. Maybe getting Bill O'Brien out of there was really just all they needed. Uh, for that that team as a whole, they looked much better this week. They weren't perfect by any means, but they looked much better. Uh, David Johnson, the usage that I was a little bit concerned about from last week, that improved. He had a solid enough game. 45 snaps for David Johnson. Duke Johnson playing just 17 snaps, and that was the key. That was what I was worried about is if that was just – it was too close for my liking last week. But, you know, David Johnson, it's a, he, he, right now he's a t- number 21 RB. Okay, not the best fantasy week, but he had 17 for 96. You know, he had two additional catches. He was clearly, clearly ahead of Duke Johnson, and that's all that matters. So you have an RB2 and an occasional maybe fringe RB1 at times in the right matchup with David Johnson going forward. You have, uh, well, an interesting player going forward in Miles Gaskin. He's going to prove to be one of the better pickups here this season. So Miami surprising victory over San Francisco. 
Gaskin, another big workload for him. 21 touches. He's currently a top 10 fantasy running back. Scores as a runner. Not the most effective day on the ground. 16 for 57, but getting in the zone. And then five catches. This is why you love Miles Gaskin. He's a three down back. Other than Gaskin, Gesicki showing that enormous upside that he has. Um, wide receiver snaps was interesting. Devontae Parker, 53. Preston Williams, 40. Isaiah Ford, 24. So just when we thought we thought we thought there was something with Isaiah Ford, maybe not. Maybe we were wrong there. Um, by the way, Ryan Fitzpatrick, every time it's like, yeah, it's almost two a time. He's like, nope, <laughs> not yet. Can't bench me yet. <laughs> I just I just beat a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, granted, they're a little banged up, but doesn't matter. Team we weren't supposed to beat. I beat them. So not no two a time just yet. Uh, San Francisco side was frustrating. You know, anybody complaining about George Kittle? I had somebody call into my Sirius XM radio show complaining about him. The dude had eight targets, so let's not get too out of control here. And he also had a monster week last week, so let's not forget that as well. I think the other really big thing that we needed to focus on here, though, was the backfield. Raheem Mostert plays 31 snaps, Jarek McKinnon 16, and Jeffrey Wilson 15, but the touch breakdown... Uh, is is pretty eye-opening. 14 touches for Mostert, three for McKinnon, and uh, four for Wilson. He had those as a runner. So McKinnon wasn't used in the run game basically at all. He had one carry. He was the most heavily targeted back, and I would have thought we would have seen more with them losing, but I, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned just yet about McKinnon. You know, we have to – it's still a little bit of a wait and see. But I do think he continues to have value going forward. Moser looked freaking awesome, though. I'm gonna—I mean, I'll say—I'll say that he looked freaking awesome, even though it wasn't a big fantasy day. He had 11 carries for 90 yards. Like that's the most Raheem Mostert line uh, of all time, right? That's exactly what he does. So if you have him, I think you're good to go. And I know some people are looking to try and acquire him. I wouldn't overpay for him, but I would not mind trading for Raheem Mostert right now if he was thrown into a deal. Andy Cleveland, I got this one right, too. I said, you know, the line movement really said it was Cleveland. It Cleveland ended up opening or uh, closing as a favorite. Indy was the favorite at open, and that line moved like three and a half points. So Cleveland just stomps on Indy here, and really a lot of Kareem Hunt. Has 23 touches in this one. Uh, top 12 fantasy numbers as of right now. Gets in the end zone as a receiver. Not the most effective on the ground, but that's fine. To Ernest Johnson with nine touches. So that's about what I had expected. And I'm glad to see that's the way it was. OBJ didn't have a big fantasy day, but he made one of the best catches of the year. And, and I'm not worried about OBJ. Both he and Landry have nine targets in this one. Landry had the slightly better fantasy day. But man, oh man, they both made some pretty spectacular catches. By the way, Austin Hooper had 10 targets here. So let's see if that, and that I'm not going to see 10 targets every week, but let's see if that volume increase holds. On the other side, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I was actually a little bit encouraged by T.Y. Hilton. I know the line and the fantasy production isn't the most um, jaw-dropping. He has 6 for 69. But uh, 10 targets for him, and that really was the key here. We didn't see Zach Pascal out-targeting him in this one. Very interestingly, Trey Burton leads the tight ends and targets. He has six targets. I mean, Mo Alley-Cox, one. Jack Doyle, two. Both those dudes are droppable. I'm going to have to talk about Trey Burton tomorrow. 
Jonathan Taylor, solid enough day. He put up RB2 numbers. I don't mind RB2 numbers. I know everybody wants video game numbers every single week, but I don't mind RB2 numbers. What I mind is like RB4 numbers out of a guy like Jonathan Taylor, so I'm not going to complain. 12 for 57 and a touchdown. Two for 17 as a receiver. And in a negative game script, he still manages 15.4 PPR points. I'm not worried there. Moving on to... The Giants and Dallas Cowboys, of course, will lead with the big story here. That, of course, being Dak Prescott's injury. It was sickening to see, you know, like nauseating, but also nauseating for him. And this really shows the human face of of football. We so often talk about things so detached from the human element, but you saw the agony for him. And I'm sure a painful injury, but it wasn't, the tears weren't, I'm sure about the pain they were of the the physical pain. They were about the emotional pain of what was going on there. Dak Prescott was in the middle of a special season, even though the team wasn't performing well. It's still early yet, and that division is just crap. So they still had more than enough of a shot. They still do. They still do with the red rifle under center. But he was a he was on a, the pathway to do something really special this this year from a statistical standpoint, and that's not going to happen. The good news, though, Dr. David Chow said this is not as serious as Alex Smith's injury. It is a season ender, but it's not something that we have to be really scared about. It is a compound ankle fracture and dislocation. Already had surgery, already good to go, successful surgery. And Logan Ryan, who made the tackle, you know, obviously felt bad, very bad after this, and was interviewed. And he said, hey, you know, there was nothing to the tackle but just two competitors out there. And he said he was trying to stiff arm me and I was trying to tackle him and punch the ball out. And that's it. So that's where we stand with that. Uh, of course, Andy Dalton, I'll talk about on the show tomorrow. We're going to have to. But besides that here, in this game, probably the most telling thing for me, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb has 11 targets, four for Gal, four for Cooper. That's really interesting. Now, no, last last Thursday on this podcast, I said, all right, it's a tough matchup for Amari Cooper. Like, you play him like you normally would, and, and I wouldn't, even now knowing the results, I'm still not going to change my advice there. But two for 23. And you have Michael Gallup, who makes some pretty spectacular plays down the stretch uh, with four for 73. And then you have CeeDee Lamb, eight for 124 and that dot that I pointed out last week remained pretty stable 5.5 for Cooper so he's getting targeted really close to the line of scrimmage 17.3 for Michael Gallup so he's being targeted heavily downfield 12.2 for CeeDee Lamb 12.2 that's an X receiver even though he's running out of the slot that's the where that's the point of the field where the X receiver typically gets targeted CeeDee Lamb CeeDee Lamb man I like it I used him in my DFS lineups. I, I don't know how I did on FanDuel just yet, but I used him in my DFS lineups this week. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like I said, we'll talk about the Red Rifle tomorrow. On the other side, Daniel Jones and that streamer didn't work. That was the that was the whole reason why I kept prefacing it with, dude's volatile, <laughs> be careful. But I tell you, Darius Slayton, a big day for him as well. Eight on 11 for 129. So you have to like that. He's a top 10 fantasy wideout with those numbers right there. Evan Ingram could have had a bigger day, but still gets enough that he's a top 10 fantasy tight end. And Devonta Freeman trending up. 19 touches for him. 
in this game. All right, let's round it out with uh, a thrilling end to the week. Seattle coming back and winning. Seattle was utterly dominated earlier in the game, and they're the first team in two years to win a game without a third down conversion. They had a big fourth down conversion at the end, but uh, it was looking ugly and super rust, you know, just whatever. 217, but three passing touchdowns. He had 391 air yards, so it could have been a much, 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 much bigger game. Uh, six end zone throws as well. So all the metric numbers look really great for him. And he chips in 58 yards on the ground. That's what really made the fantasy day because he's a top five fantasy option. Uh, DK Metcalf, six for 93, two touchdowns, 189 air yards. Tyler Lockett, 16 air yards. Uh-oh. Those two numbers, the huge difference between them is quite concerning for Tyler Lockett. I'm just throwing that out there. He goes five or four for 44 on five targets, that is. Second week in a row where we didn't get much out of Lockett. Uh, Chris Carson's just fine, by the way. This just in, Chris Carson's pretty freaking good. Even on 14 touches, he's still a top 10 fantasy running back right now uh, for the week before these other games. So there you go. All of that in place. I mean, tonight... The way that I'm approaching this this contest, if you listen to this before the game, is you know I I do think that there's just a lot of appeal almost across the board. I love Keenan Allen in this matchup. Obviously, Michael Thomas won't be playing, but not because he's hurt, because he punched one of his teammates at practice. <laughs> Great, <laughs> but um, you know, pretty much the big thing that I'll be looking for, and I'll talk about this tomorrow, is how these running backs are used. For the Chargers, that's pro- that's really the only main question we have heading into this thing. So that'll be on the podcast tomorrow, and when we talk about waivers as well. For my player prop bets, if you're looking for those, those are over at uh, FTNBets.com, and um, it's really simple how you find them. So if you're looking on the site, there's a, a top menu. Just click on the or hover over the picks, and then you'll see the player prop tool. So far this season, uh, on my five-star bets, I'm at 65%. Uh, not uh, My my four-star bets are 61%. The others aren't as good. <laughs> Three stars, I'm at 52%. Two stars, I'm at 50.4%. Yay. And the one stars, I'm actually at 54.5%. So I, I don't know. I'm, I never try and figure all that stuff out. But um, if you want access to it for tonight's game and beyond... We are at 25% off the original price since we're, you know, well, now a little over a quarter of the way into the season, but it's a good time to get in on it over at FTNBets.com. Hey, we are super close to 1,000 reviews on this podcast, so if you have not reviewed the show on iTunes already, let's get there so we can have this freaking celebration, all right? Play some cool in the gang. (laughs) Um... Easiest way to do it is if you have an iPhone, just go to the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, and then scroll to the bottom and click the stars, and that's it, and and then you reviewed it. Uh, you can also do it on the web. Uh, just search out The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, Apple Podcasts, and you'll find it. It's super simple. Hey, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack, that way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, waivers tomorrow. It's going to be another interesting one, no doubt about it. I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.